three weeks, 21 stages, 3,153 kilometres of racing, 2,500 kilometres of transfers. Yes, it's the 78th Vuelta a España, and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavelo.cc. Hi everybody, I'm Gary. Welcome to uh, what unusually for the Saturday supplement of late is this actually is Saturday morning. Um, I hopefully like you are very much looking forward to the final Grand Tour of the season, the 78th running of the Vuelta a España. Um, it's a race that over the last few years I think has grown in, in popularity again. Um, it's always kind of been the poor relation to the Tour de France and the Giro d'Italia. Um, but in the last few years, I think it's a race that um, has whetted the appetite from the word go um, for various reasons, from um, you know, a range of mental parkour to uh, you know, interesting GC narratives in the late part of the season. Um, it has become um, a kind of almost the hipster's grand tour again, d- taking that mantle from from the Giro. Um, it is, you know, in the in the wider scheme of world cycling, it is the new kid on the block. Um, a race that was first run in 1935. Um, and, you know, it survived civil war and you know, the, the, the Spanish civil war is in living memory. Um, and in certainly in that middle part of the, the, the century is is writ large in the, the story of the, the race itself. Um, like the the Tours of the Frogs, like the Giro d'Italia, um, it was first run to hawk newspapers, yeah, uh, Informaciones, um, in 1935, set up under the directorship of Juan Pujol, uh, who was the uh, the director of uh, said said newspaper, there you go, um, that's something I I learned only recently. Um, in recent years, the, the most wins, um, this race, it's not uh, a, a race with lots of uh, Multiple winners, most wins, uh, Roberta Heras on, on four, um, Primoz Roglic um, is currently on three and looking to to join the yeah, Heras on the, the top spot of the, the winningest riders in the Vuelta. Um, and yet this year, the, the race, we have only two previous winners starting. Um, there's no no Yates brothers, um, so it's Primoz Roglic and last year's winner, Remco Evnepol. Uh, who start having worn the uh, the red leader's jersey in Madrid. Uh, interesting course this year. We've got four flat stages, um, seven mountain stages, six hilly stages. Um, we've got an individual time trial and we've got today, or the, this evening, um, the team time trial around Barcelona. And we'll talk about this year's um, route um, later on in the show. Um, looking back to last year, uh, we saw Remco Evnepol, um, quick step rider, taking his uh, um, his his first Grand Tour win, um, and doing so um, you know, with with some style and, and some aplomb, and, and yet the narrative of GC um, was it kind of wove its way through the the race from uh, from Utrecht in the Netherlands um, and into 
to uh, Madrid. Um, it started like the the the, uh, the Vuelta loves a team time trial. Um, last year's stage one was the team time trial around Utrecht. Um, Jumbo Visma, um, really a you know, a solid um, team trial team time trial team. Um, winning the, the race, taking fourteen seconds of the quick step team from the word go, um, and setting the the narrative that it was going to be a bit if 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 Quickstep were going to wrest the red jersey from Primoz Roglic, um, they were going to have to do it the hard way. Um, we saw Sam Bennett uh, take two wins um, in Utrecht and then then Breda uh, for Bora Hansgrohe. Um, Primoz Roglic taking an uphill sprint on stage four to La Guardia as the, as the race back, came back into Spain, taking the red, the red jersey as well. Um, we then saw Marc Soler, um, UAE, um, soloing to to what was his second Vuelta stage one, um, he attacked off the uh, the final descent in that stage, 15 kilometres to go, um, being chased by a group that contained um, perhaps the unfamiliar name of Ru- Rudy Mollard of Groupama FDJ, um, but enough to give Mollard the, uh, the red jersey um, for one day. Uh, Jay Vine took the first of two wins last year um, on stage six, um, but um, it was Remco Evnepol who took the lead um, overall, finishing second, um, 15 seconds behind. But crucially, at this stage, a minute and 22 ahead of Primoz Roglic. Um, so the, the GC battle was on in the first week last year. Um, Coffee D, uh, remember them, they've had a good season this year. Last year, uh, Jesu Harada um, won the sprint of a breakaway in stage seven. Um, Jay Vine then won his second stage one on the climb to um, Kalao Fanquaya. Uh, um, Chasers. Um, or including you know, his teammate Mark Soler um, 45 seconds back. Louis Minkes, um, Intermarché, um, took a popular one in stage 9, but Remco Evnepol in stage 9 put another 52 seconds into Primoz Roglic, um, and it was looking looking pretty grim for, for the Jumbo Visma team leader. Um, stage 10 time trial, Remco wins. It was always going to be about uh, Evnepol versus Roglic. Um, Roglic conceded another 48 seconds um to to Evnepol, um and Evnepol led GC at this stage by um you know two minutes and forty one seconds, um which was you know, quite a gap, um going into the you know, the meat of the race if you like, um Richard Carapaz won stage twelve sorry, stage eleven Caden Groves took his debut, um stage one, another hugely popular uh, win last year uh, Richard Carapaz he took stage twelve Mads Pedersen, um one in stage 13 um, and then the GC started to look like it was going to turn um, stage 14 from Montoro to the Sierra de la Padera um, Roglic was third behind Richard Carapaz and Superman Lopez um, but the bonuses meant that he actually clawed a minute almost uh, back on Remco Evnepol um, and he took another 15 seconds the following day um, on the climb to Sierra Nevada Team and Aaron's been winning um, but the gap between Evnepol and Roglic was now 134. Um, stage 16 to Tamares was should have been a fairly routine day. There were no categorised climbs, um, but Roglic with three kilometres to go we just blew it apart uh, on the climb up to Tamares. Um, it was putting sign- looked like he was going to put some significant time into to Evnepol, um, particularly when Evnepol had a mechanical um, rear wheel flat with about two kilometres to go inside the three k barrier. Um, and ultimately, we'd cross the line three minutes back. Um, however, 
however, Roglic crashed um, in the in the the final for the sprint. As the sprint was a uh, building up, he was sitting at the back of the group. Uh, I think he collided with somebody's knee, if memory serves, um, crashing, um, and actually. It didn't start the following day, and yet, had he started stage 17, um, Everpool's GC lead would have been halved um, to about 125-126. With still three big days in the mountains to go. Uh, so, with Roglic DNS um, stage 17, Everpool started the race two minutes and one second ahead of Henrik Maas, Movistar. Um, and on that stage, it was Rigoberto Oran winning the, the stage as the best of the breakaway survivors. Um, if the pole then on stage 18 beat Enric Mas into second place on the climb to Alto de Piornal, um, extending his lead by six seconds, you take into account the bonuses. Mads Pedersen taking the sprint, who else? Stage 19. Carapaz solo, um, again a, a popular one, stage 20. Um, and it was Juan Sebastian Milano of UAE uh, who took the sprint into Madrid, Madrid on the final day um, of the race. Um, so, it, would it be disingenuous? Would it be just plain bad form to suggest that um, Evnapol uh, may have struggled a little bit in the latter part of the race had um, Roglic not uh, been injured after his crash? Um, yeah, I, I think that would be. I think that's it's deeply unfair. Um, I think Evnapol rode a great race uh, and showed just what he's capable of. Um, in a Grand Tour setting like that. Um, and we, we saw that, you know, we see it time and time again with him. I think he's becoming, or he's become a versatile rider um, as much as um, you know, we, we, we kind of criticise him for his, uh, um, his impetuosity or his, you know, which we perceive a lack of tactical nous. Um So, two stage wins for Evnipol, um finishing GC uh, uh, two minutes and two seconds ahead of Henrik Maas. Uh, Juan Ayuso, um, UAE was uh, third, 4.57 back. Richard Carapaz took the mountains competition, Mads Pedersen taking the sprint last year. Um, a thoroughly enjoyable um, race, uh, you know, a popular winner, uh, and, you know, it's setting us up nicely for this year's race, um, which uh, has, it just, it's all over the place. It, it completely ignores southwest Spain, um, but um, it's over the the three and a bit thousand kilometers, and as, as I said at the top of the show, mad number of transfers. Um, so it's you know the pushing cycling's green agenda, um, in pretty much the same way that the Spanish Football Federation are currently, um, you know, pursuing a, a, an equality to women agenda. But you know that's for another day. Um, my my feed zone friend and colleague Dave Stanley um, wrote a, a really good preview of the race in on bikerace.info. Um, check that website out. Um, Bill McGann's um, site, um, but you know, he, he, David calls it a, a balanced um, parkour, which uh, which is right. And it, normally, balanced in, in the Vuelta would mean that every week was utterly, utterly mental. Um, but they have kind of dialed down the crazy, um, just, you know, just a little bit this year. Um, so we're not straight up the Anglero on stage three or anything like that. We, you know, we save that to, to stage eighteen. Um, Stage one today, this evening, um, starts off with a 14.5km team time trial around Barcelona. Um, 
it's got 17. I've, I've counted these. In the same way that I counted the number of transfer days last night when I was preparing. Um, 17 um, 90 degree turns. In fact, one of them is more than 90 degrees. Um, which, if you think back a couple of weeks where people were complaining about the number of turns in the World Championships, road race circuit in Glasgow, um, you've, you've got to do these turns with your know, seven guys behind you or seven in front of you, depending on where you are in the pack. Um, so that could be you know, quite an entertaining start to the race. Um, and I'm generally not a massive fan of team time trials, um, but... Uh, I think this is this is certainly going to be worth a watch. Um, and is the you know, evening in Barcelona? What's not to like about it? Um, what it will do is it. Will, I suspect will almost certainly mean that we have got seven, uh, or sorry, eight um, Jumbo Visma riders um, at the top of GC um, from from tonight. Um, I may be wrong. I don't see anybody um, taking uh, the, the lead from them. Um, and they've you know last year they finished with all eight riders, um you know I expect pretty much the same again. Um, we'll talk about the makeup of that Jumbo Visma team in a moment. Um, stage two Sunday um to the the hills um around Barcelona, um taking in uh, towards the end the Montjuic climb. Um, it's you know it's a hilly day, but it's you know I would imagine it's going to be a sprint day. Although the you know, Montjuic in the in the final potentially. Um, you know, messes things up and could see um, some gaps. Unlikely to be a GC kind of day, I would imagine. Um, however, stage three um, on Monday, off to Andorra, as you do. Um, stage three from Surya to Arinsal, um, the 17 kilometer, 7.7% cold, cold Lordino is along the way before the um, you know, eight and a half kilometers, uh, 7% final up to Arinsal. Um, so that's, you know, Potentially a day for GC. Potentially, yeah, we'll probably just see a different Jumbo Visma rider um, in the red jersey by that point. Um, and that's one of the, yeah, as I said, that's one of the reasons I don't particularly like Team Two Trials. Um, stage four is a rolling uh, stage from Andorra down uh, ish to the Tarragona uh, on the coast, um, and then we transfer south to Morella for stage five and uh, to the run into Buriana with a cat to Calado de Iboda to test the legs. Um, at 50 kilometers to go so again yeah, yeah it's it's going to stretch things out a little bit and leave some gaps stage 6 i think is going to be a big gcd in the for the first week and um, the, the from laval you show uh, to the havalamre uh, observatory um i think we could see some gaps starting to appear um if the uh, the gc guys um, are or if some of the GC guys are not on form from the get-go. Um, we got the first real flat stage, although probably not the first sprint stage um, of the race, um, from Utiel to Oliva, 201 kilometer stage 7. Uh, and then we're back into the mountains uh, in stage 8 to Charette de Cati, uh, 165k stage. Um, and then next Sunday, another hilly day from Cartagena and Caravaca de la Cruz, with an uphill finish um, to round out, you know... Uh, a challenging um, first week of the race. Um, it's you know it's. I mean, I guess even the Tour de France is is, is kind of in recent years done away with these. It's all a bit flat and a bit you know first weeks pretty much for the sprinters before we hit the Alps. Um, you know we're going straight up into to Andorra. Uh, you know pretty much from the get go. Um, but there's nothing utterly insane. You know back to back mentalness or anything. Like that. Um, 
And that balance, so it, it, the pace kind of ramps up a bit in stage two. We start with the team time trial, sorry, with an individual time trial in Valladolid uh, on the Monday after the rest day. It's going to be flat pretty much as you'd expect. Reasonably technical in the early stages, but it's pretty much going to be full gas for the, you know, the, the at least, the very least, the second half of that that time trial. So you're looking at Roglic and Evnipol going head-to-head here. Um, and that you know, that's the, the obvious narrative um, for for that stage. You know, the obvious narrative is, is what you're going to get from me. Um, stage 13, we hit the Tourmalet. I mean, we'll talk about week two in a bit more detail um, on the rest day uh, show. Um, yes, there will be a rest day show. Um, Col de la Tourmalet via the Col de Bisque. You know, that's a, you know, a classic day in the mountain. Um, and stage 14, so we've got two back-to-back mountain days in week two. Uh, Puerto de la Belagua. Um, it's got two or category uh, horrors along the way. Um, and then stage three, we have um, Angleroo in stage 18, sorry, week three. Um, stage 17, post-rest day. We've got Angleroo, um, which is is the Angleroo. What, what can I say? Uh, stage 19, two ascents of La Cruz de Linares. Um, so it is, you know, it's, it's not the the crazy, crazy Vuelta we've seen, but it is a, certainly a more interesting race than certainly I've, I've historically associated the Vuelta with, you know, endless days on big dual carriageways across Spanish scrubland. Um, and it's not that. I think it's it's a challenging race on the road. I think visually it's an appealing race as well. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to things kicking off um, today in Barcelona. Um, so, who are the protagonists then? Well, let's get to it. Jumbo Visma um, bring um, three-time winner Primoz Roglic. Um, 2019, 2020 and 2021 winner. Um, they bring Sepp Kuss. And this is his sixth Vuelta, actually. He's a, an ever-present. It's his fifth Grand Tour on the bounce. Um, Kuss was f- yeah, first at the Vuelta in 2018 when it was Lotto Enel Jumbo. Uh, remember them. Um, but coming along to an, you know, a, a really strong-looking Jumbo Visma team is none other than Tour de France winner Jonas Vingegaard, um, which kind of has... Do, do we see Sepp Kuss in a tug-of-love um, between two warring parents, you know, do we do we see him as the Billy Kramer of the piece? Look that one up, kids. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this race for Jumbo Visma works out. Um, they're taught. You know, Vingegaard has said that the the decision on who team lead will be uh, will be decided at the last minute. Um, that kind of sounds like it's going to be decided on the road. So you, how Jumbo Visma manage two potential race winners. Um, it, it, you know, over the three weeks is going to be really, really interesting. We've, you know, we've we've seen this many times before. Um, we've seen it with uh, Greg Lemong the Bernardino. We've seen it with the the movie star Trident. Um, we've even seen it with Team Ineos recently. With uh, you know, who is your leader? Um, I would imagine it's you know, Roglic will be assuming it's all in for him. Vingegaard really is a fly in the ointment. Um, but that is a strong, strong young Bovisma team regardless. Sepkus, obviously, um, you want him. But Robert Hessing, Wilco Kelderman, Jan Tratnik, um, Attila Walter, Dylan van Barl. Um, there are no duds um, in that young Bovisma team. Um, the narrative, as I, as I said from the start, is 
um, Roglic versus Evnepol or Jumbo Visma versus Evnepol. Um, Sudal Quickstep come with Evnepol supporting Mattia Catano, Andrea Badioli, Jan Hurt, James Knox, Casper Pedersen, Peter Seri, and Louis Verveca. Um, a, a strong team you know, supporting uh, Evnepol and he's bid for a second Grand Tour. Um, at the Vuelta, obviously, we're going to talk about movie star Enric Mass, um, who is a is a favourite of mine. He's a rider that who I want to see do really well, um, and he said he's going to uh, he's going to go fly under the radar, um, and to some extent, he'll be able to be, as we as we talk endlessly about Jumbo and Sudal Quickstep. Um, he last won a stage um, in twenty or first his only Vuelta stage when it was in twenty eighteen when he was riding for Quickstep. Um, I would love, love to see him uh, do well at this race. Um, similarly, UAE Team Emirates, uh, Yao Almeida, who was fifth last year. Um, I, I, I'm waiting on him having a real breakthrough um, when he's always there or thereabout. And, you know, he's won races, but I think a really big win is uh, is due for Yao Almeida, the Portuguese rider. Um, and, you know, I would very much like to see that. But that UAE team is no less strong, certainly climbing-wise, than, say, Jumbo Visma. As, um, Rui Oliveira, um, Juan Ayuso, um, who was third last year in GC at the World Teams, off the back of two Tour de Suisse um, stage wins this year. Um, Finn Fisher-Black, Juan Sebastian Milano, Domin Novak, Mark Soler. I, you know, Mark Soler is a rider I, I really like. And again, I, I see somebody... Um, and he's 29 now, but I'm looking for him to step up and do big things. It's not too late. Um, he's got two Vuelta stage wins under his belt as well. Um, and last year, Jay Vine uh, winning two stages. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a strong UAE team. So I think if Jumbo Visma um, are not in their game, then I think we would see that team um, stepping up and providing um, a bit of a challenge. Um, team Ineos, um, I don't know what to make of them. Just they seem to be a team that's kind of lost its way. Um, we've got, you know, we've, we've seen uh, Tailgig and Hearts leaving. Um, we've got um, uncertainty over what's going to be happening um, in the next, you know, the next season. But they come to the Vuelta with uh, Geraint Thomas, uh, which this is only his second Vuelta. Um, we're talking about him being supported, but I, I don't know if. I, I don't see Geraint Thomas at this stage being um, their you know, their GC guy, but we've got a team that has Tim and Aronsman, Egan Bernal, Jonathan Castroviejo, Lauren De Plus, Filippo Ganna, Omar Frye and Kim Hajduk. I'm not sure where the the GC is going to come from for any of us. Um, it could be Tim and Aronsman. Um, who knows? And yeah, they're, they're going to be good for the... The, the time trials, Jonathan Castro Viejo is Spanish uh, individual time trial champion. Um, we've got the world our record holder in Filippo Ganna, um, and he and Remco Evnipol went head-to-head at the Giro this year. Um, so it's certainly it's going to be an interesting team time trial today, um, and the, the ITT um, after after the first rest day um, will also be interesting. But I'm just not sure um, where Enios um, will go here. And indeed, where they're going. Um, that's perhaps one for another Saturday supplement. Um, elsewhere, Barry Victorious, um, Mika Landa, um, who, yeah, you, you think it's, it's his home race. You'd expect, you would hope Landa um, is going to be in the mix 
for for Bahrain. Um, he last won a Giro, a, a Vuelta stage, a Giro stage, a, a Vuelta a España stage in 2015, which is a lifetime ago, um, and you know, it's a career ago for a lot of riders. Um, He's there in a team with Wout Pools, who won you know, stage 15 of the Tour this year in the um, long-distance breakaway um, on uh, Mont Blanc. Um, hugely popular, so we'd like to see um, more Wout. Um, but um, we've got Santiago Buitrago in that team. He's you know, won in a Giro stage this year. Damiano Caruso, Matej Govacar, uh, Camille Gradi. Gradek, uh, Landa Pools, uh, Yasha Schutterlin, um, and Antonio Tiberi. Um, isn't that cat killer Antonio Tiberi? I think it is. Um, so it's it's shaping up to be, as I always say, it's, it's very glib. It's going to be a really interesting Vuelta. It's a Vuelta I'm really looking forward to. We don't have the distraction of teams or and riders um, preparing for the World Championships, which is a bonus. And, and the Vuelta has always suffered a little bit from that. So... You know, we've got that to look forward to. Um, so the guys that start, um, you know, barring accidents, illness and injury, um, will be the guys who finish. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing how the first week pans out, um, but also as the race goes into the, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, not the monuments, what's the word I'm looking for, the into the Queen stages and, and so on and so forth. Um, it's going to be a, um, a, a, a cracking race. And I think it's not just about um, Jumbo Visma versus Evnapol. I think the teams I've mentioned, particularly the UAE team Emirates, um, I think they bring, yeah, as I said, they bring a strong team, um, and I think they're going to be difficult to rule out um, on the upper reaches of GC, if not for stage ones, and if not for GC itself. Um, but it might not be as we expected. I hope it isn't. I hope we see, um, you know, I hope we see the, the leaders jersey change hands a few times, or at least we have. Um, a bit like we were getting last year, where we we saw, you know, the, the race lead by you know a thousand cuts, and we spoke about this in the Tour de France, didn't we? I, I said at the end of, um, the the the, uh, the second week, the second week at the end of the first week, that it was going to be yellow jersey by a thousand cuts, and it didn't quite work out that way. Um, I could see it, um, working out that way this week, um, uh, this 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 time around, um. But who will be doing the cutting? Um, I think there could be quite a few riders in the frame to be taking little chunks out of, uh, out of GC time if there is an early gap um, established, certainly towards the end of this week. So this has been the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. If you're listening on our public feed, welcome along. Um, you can also sign up for our premium content over at cyclinglegendspodcast.com where you can get access to interviews, to features, to our fortnightly feed zone roundtable across the Atlantic. Um, Chris Sidwell, is my, my friend and colleague, is also going to be introducing a new series, My Life in Five Bikes, um, in the next couple of weeks, um, which promises to be a really interesting look at, at, at riders from Past and present, um, and what you know, what bicycles um, have meant most to their to to their lives. Um, so yeah, mine was a mine was a rally shopper, uh, fourteen. There you go, all rusty with a um, with dynamo and an old battered seat um, that I inherited. That's what I learned to ride a bike on. Um, so yeah, you can sign up for the princely sum of three pounds fifty a month over at cyclinglegendspodcast.com. dot 
I will be back on the first rest day, the Monday of uh, the Vuelta of España, um, where we'll catch up on the race. Uh, we'll look ahead to the second week, um, but also bring us up to date on some of the stuff that's been happening um, in the, the broader world of pro cycling. It's the uh, the Tour of Scandinavia, the Women's World Tour, um, is happening as we speak. Uh, that concludes. Um, on Sunday we've got an individual time trial today the race currently led by Cecily Utrup Ludwig um, hugely popular um, having won the day after her birthday um, so yeah we'll be talking about that um, we'll be bringing you up to speed um, on the, the transfer merry-go-round um, since the, the floodgates opened on the 1st of August where um, basically Lidl Trek have a they're like somebody with a bit of money on a monopoly board they just seem to be going around buying everybody up um, in a middle aisle raid um, so we'll catch up with who's going where next season um, and look at some of the, uh, the the question marks as well so in the meantime thanks again for your company um, and I'll speak to you again soon on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivlavello.cc Velo.cc